With us as always, the man who knows everything, Mr. Smarty Pants. I am he. <laughs> you are. You are the walrus. <laughs> cuckoo cuckoo. So I was in a trivia contest yesterday. You were as a as a, an answer. Or? Uh, I was. Yeah, it was part of a team. Yeah. And uh, I ca- our team name was the was the Dork Side. It was like <laughs> come to the Dork Side, mm-hmm, you know, and mm-hmm. feel the power of the Dork Side. I got it. And. Uh, and it was pretty. I, I, we, we had a nice range range of people on the on our team, uh, but and the some, questions some sports were sports people. Yeah, we we did not have any sports people. Okay. That was, we we kind of got. We did not win, <laughs> but but I was very proud of myself, Mel, because one of the questions was a really hard one, and nobody else nobody believed me. And the question was, what happened between uh, September second, seventeen fifty two, and I think it was like September fourteenth. 752 in London, England. Nothing. Because that's when they changed the oh, calendar they, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> from the Julian to the Gregorian calendar. And I was having to explain to my teammates this whole concept. We only had 60 seconds. And I was having to justify, you know, like, what are you talking about? We changed calendars. And why was it then? It's like, because they hated the Catholics. Right, and the Catholics right. came up with the yeah. Gregorian version. And yeah. anyway, so that was my, that was my one Mr. Smarty Pants good, claim good, to fame. I was like, you. I knew something that nobody else knew. I was surprised myself, except for the people that came up with the question, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the way the question was worded made me think there was something like that. Yeah, but yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know that yeah. specifically. Yeah. But, well, nothing. Ha- yeah, nothing <laughs> happened because those were days just disappeared. <laughs> it's like you went to sleep on the second, and you woke up, and it was like I think it was eleven days yeah. later. I've something. done that. <laughs> 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 Jesus goes, you know, conks out Friday night yeah. and wakes up Sunday morning. Yeah. I mean, that's that's yeah. that amateur. Yeah, I, mean. yeah, yeah. I was blind for three days. <laughs> what are you talking about? Wakes up, doesn't know where he is. You know? yeah. Whoa, what a party. <laughs> Who hasn't been there? <laughs> Those apostles know how to party. <laughs> There's a big rock in front of my door. Yeah, really. <laughs> Thank God I got that frankincense in here. <laughs> I woke up one time and then I was I was in college, just slightly out of shortly out of college, and uh, and party at my house. And I woke up and and all my furniture was out in the lawn. Okay, so, <laughs> I shouldn't have gone to bed so early. <laughs> yeah, right. Do you know it'd be the best idea? <laughs> wow. It's. it's <laughs> And it wasn't gently placed on the lawn. It was like oh, okay. rolled down. The oh, I, I had this image of like they're recreating your living room. No, or something. oh no, no, oh, no. they've rolled it down the fire escape. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was college furniture. That, yeah, you know, right, I probably yeah. picked it up off the curb originally. That's, that's what so. you do when you're young. <laughs> Maximum damage. <laughs> You're just still testing out the environment at that point. Wonder what would happen if. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And how much you know? Distru- how much poison can you put in your body? There you without, go. You know, yeah. Like, we had a where I work. We had uh, we had some problems with some invasive plants, and so the management got the great idea of 
of hiring this company that rents out goats, which, by the way, yeah. I can tell you was not a good idea because they'll eat everything. But nonetheless, they thought this was the solution. Mm-hmm. So they put the goats out there, and then they thought, well, wait, you know, somebody might try to, to mess with the goats, and the goats might range farther than they're supposed to. So they put some electrified wire around where the goats were. So the very first weekend, some drunk frat boy went out Aww. there and peed on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's to see. It's like, I bet you won't do that, <laughs> Justin, you know, or whatever. You know? And they're like, man, I'm totally doing it. Uh, you know? I grew up in farm country. It was, it was a weekly tradition. <laughs> really? <laughs> Something to do. That's, that's when you know life is boring on yeah, the farm. Man, I think I'll electrocute myself. <laughs> it's better than this. I got a dry spell going on here. <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, Hey, what do you think about this whole uh, Biden? He's just as bad as Trump. Exactly as bad. (laughs) They should. should, uh, (laughs) Just because Trump's been trying to hang on to those babies for, you know. I I bet they're in Hunter Biden's Benghazi laptop. (laughs) The Benghazi laptop. That's the worst. I think this is where Biden's incipient senility will really come in handy. He can do a Ronald Reagan. I. You know, I really, this is, I mean, I've left my teeth on the bus. You think this is bad? You know, I mean, come on. <laughs> just, I love the stories that pop up once in a while about, like, you know, CIA people who leave their laptop in a taxi or something. Well, remember, that's how everybody knew what was going on during the period leading up to the Iran-Contra. Or, mm-hmm. like, pardon me, the, uh, not the Iran-Contra, what I said, the uh, invasion of Iraq. Yeah, right. I was still right. thinking about Reagan. Uh, it was the it was somebody had a laptop they left around, yeah. and that's how they you know it's like oh they are really going to go, and this is their game plan for yeah. how they're going to you know hypnotize the rest of us <laughs> into agreeing. You know, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I mean it, it's it's kind of sad because uh, President Biden's approval rating is finally coming up out of the basement. And yeah, I don't know how the, important this is to a lot of people, but of course it just gives the Republican it's, it's lie just, machine more stuff to work yeah, with. It's just more. More fig leaves for their own. Yeah. See, over there, they do the same thing. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh, well. It's a little different when, you know, like with Trump where they were, I don't know. Do you have any more documents? Yeah. Not a one. Nope, we're all good here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why are you moving all these documents around in this building? I have nothing, no reason. I bet he doesn't have any lo- I bet. I bet President Biden has no love letters from the dictator of North Korea. Probably no, not, yeah. So, yeah, so. yeah. And I don't think these were secrets about, like, nuclear capabilities or lists of spies or anything like well, that. Well, he was the L- vice... Like they found in Mar-a-Lago. He was the vice president. Do you know how much they tell the vice president? <laughs> <laughs> warm, pic- I mean, warm picture of what? Yeah, yeah. I'm, he'll be he'll be happy if they had, they gave him the key to the executive washroom. <laughs> you know? I mean. oh. It's nice to see, though, that the Republicans really are... Hopping on their agenda, uh, of course, you know, that one of the first things they want to do is basically gut the IRS. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice. To, I, I kind of feel a little I, I feel a little good about that. I thought they were just culture warriors, but they're still trying to serve their billionaire master. Yeah, so yeah. that's nice. I'm right. glad to see there's some consistency yeah, there. Yeah. The old guy with the, the hood that comes over his head <laughs> and with all the wrinkles. And, yeah. in, in the yes, hol- my master. In the, in the hologram. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> that, fr- that, that really upset me in the second movie. I was like, oh, I thought Darth Vader was the villain. It's like, oh, no, Darth Vader's like the regional manager of evil. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Assistant to the, yeah, to the like regional it. manager. <laughs> 
You're not the evil guy. You're just the guy that's re- evil in this sector. You know, just, just getting the memos. <laughs> yeah, right. Memo: Kill Luke Skywalker. <laughs> yes, master. In Ray Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> We'll circle back on that next you know, week. <laughs> well, he, he should have had one of those little assistant manager mustaches on his mask. You know, just let everybody know for sure that's what he was doing. Like a yellow Dwight Schrute <laughs> yeah, shirt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the clip-on tie. Exactly. And <laughs> It's kind of like like the great Chad Vader stuff that oh, uh, yes. the, yeah, the, yeah, somebody yeah. from Madison had, yeah, did a few years ago. Those, those were brilliant. Those were great. But, uh, yes, it's this, uh, apparently the defunding that the, uh, that the Republicans want to do it could be causing some troubles for all of us, uh, not just in terms of having no money in the public kitty, but uh, <laughs> but basically it's it's make the you know the IRS has a hard time processing our stuff because they yeah. don't have enough people to do it. Sure, and uh, you know when the Biden administration said they were going to spend eight billion dollars more in funding, you know that was going to be allocated from the Inflation Reduction Act, lots of people were very happy and. Uh, there was a uh, there was a report to Congress from the National Taxpayers Advocates. This is a lo- lobbying group, but they're basically lobbying in favor of trying to make sure that uh, you know the IRS is serving taxpayers and that you know things are being processed in a timely manner. But uh, they want to the Republicans in the House they want to rescind most of the money that was being proposed for that. And uh, this is this is just according to their their craziness. And the thing about this is the Congressional Budget Office, which fortunately is still doing its job said that uh, this proposal would actually end up adding $114 billion to the deficit yeah. because of all the unrecovered money right. uh, and all the other problems that would arise from doing this. Yeah, but, I mean, I mean, the plan was to collect money that was owed, that was yeah. legally owed. Yeah, it's not to, like we're, they're trying to go after anybody. They're yeah. just trying to enforce the law. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's your first problem. <laughs> Do, in, what the what? <laughs> <laughs> well, they they were they were going to target people making more than four hundred thousand dollars a well, year. Well, there you go. So. <laughs> There's your problem right there. Some some Congress guy introduced Congress a, organism organism <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> introduced a bill to abolish the IRS. Yes, I heard that. <laughs> that would work really well. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, since since the 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 Twitter, you know. Stuff that happened a couple three months ago. Now I I I, I was, I'd like Twitter, but I'm kind of weaning myself off it, and I've, I've turned over to Reddit, I, which I never oh, okay. looked at before. And they have yeah. a they have a Madison Reddit, and, okay. and so I've, I'm following that. And uh, there was a discussion last night of what is the most evil building in Madison, and most people said the Wisconsin Manufacturers and Commerce. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it does have that tower with the giant flaming eye on it, so I, I can see where that's off-putting. Yeah, it was just a hemorrhoid. <laughs> giant eye, reeds in flame. Other than that, it's lovely. It is actually it's a very generic building. Yeah, Remember when they, yeah. they build so, it, I thought, oh, whatever. People were commenting that they have a, like a lot of security, though. They have like of a lot of a lot of like night watchmen and stuff, you know, yeah. walking around with night sticks, yeah. which they pay less than minimum wage, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> keeping with the principles of free enterprise. I, I think they're just like hypnotized zombies. <laughs> that they, yeah, right. they reanimated. <laughs> More, well, efi- I, more efficient that way. Well, you know? I don't think anyone's protested there recently, but I do remember back in the yeah, day it was yeah. a, it was a you know ten years ago or so it was yeah. a center for protest because it was 
you know, they're maybe they're more surreptitious. The real now. capital. Yeah, right? I mean that's the, yeah that's that's where the that's where the decisions are being made. Yeah, and that's the the the, reg- <laughs> the regional coordinator of evil. So. <laughs> uh, New York Representative Dan Goldman and right. uh, and Richie Torres, sure. both Democrats, have introduced uh, a new act into Congress. It's the legislative. It's an unnatural <laughs> act, <laughs> <laughs> which we're generally in favor of. We are there. T- typically, yes. Uh, the legislation is called the Stopping Another Non-Truthful Office Seeker Act, and uh, that's a, that. Uh, w- but that's kind of awkward to say, so they turned it into an acronym. It's called the Santos Act. <laughs> <laughs> it would require candidates running for a House or Senate seat to provide information about their educational background, employment history, and military service. Hmm. The Santos Act. That's kind of catchy. I can think of a few people to be knocked out by that, actually. <laughs> what's, what's old Santos up to these days? Uh, I don't know. If that after, is his name. After, I don't know, he, after he cured cancer and he's taking a little break, you know, just kind of figuring out the, the dark matter problem yeah, and some quantum yeah. mechanics right. things. His, but his, quant- mother, his mother came all the way from, from Auschwitz to be killed <laughs> at 9-11. After dying the third time. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. so, he, a story came out about him earlier in the week that um, he, had, he had, uh, had submitted 37 to his pack. He'd submitted 37 separate uh, reimbursement requests okay. for one cent under ten thousand dollars. Wow. Because if it's ten thousand right. dollars you have to like provide receipts and things I like that. And I think there's reporting requirements too. But oh my. Uh, but he thought if he would do this like un- one penny underneath yeah. under it, that yeah. that'd be just just swimmingly. Wow. Sharp know. as a bowling ball that boy. <laughs> Thirty seven of them there, which, which auditors never never they never pick up on that yeah. stuff. Wow. <laughs> So I assume he was doing this for his personal expenses. Yeah, but you know, but when you look, when you do the math, it's like only seventy four hundred dollars. I mean, what mm. or, or seventy four thousand? I mean, so, yeah. so or whatever comes through. But I mean, it's not a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of petty. Some nice shoes. It's kind of petty theft for <laughs> yeah. you know. It's like that's what I'm always. You know, of all the stuff we've seen in the last twenty years or so yeah. with candidates being bought, you know, and you know, with Scott Walker and and all and Ron Johnson and it, it's always amazing when the the numbers come out and how cheap it is to, to buy them all. Right. You know, I mean it's usually like eight thousand dollars. I mean we need a better they, they pay off somebody's credit card. I mean we need a better grade if corporate suck in this country. <laughs> we just really that's it? That's all you're gonna charge? <laughs> Those guys are billionaires. Come on. <laughs> At least a mansion. Put that on the blockchain or something there. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, just put it online. You know, have like a like a an eBay auction or something. (laughs) Now you know what you're getting into. Yeah. (laughs) Of course, you'd have to grade the candidates. You know, like they do with you know baseball cards or something. Comic books and stuff. Yeah, comic books. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, you got a Scott Walker or you got a Ron Johnson. I don't know. I I think. What would you think? I would say the condition of a Scott Walker is probably just good. (laughs) Fair. Fair. Yeah. Maybe fair. You know. Maybe some well, at this point, some yeah. foxing and probably <laughs> problems with the staples, you know. <laughs> some fox conning. Yeah, yeah, you got it. All right. Yeah. Foxing is what they call it when a you know when a piece of old paper becomes oh I didn't get, know that gets impregnated with some kind of uh, material. I assumed it was some term. Yeah. I wasn't. Yeah, but that's why it's funny because it yeah. actually yeah because he's. <laughs> yep. Hey, one nice thing. I don't know. And if you, you know, explaining a joke oh, is always the yeah, the, funny, that's the worst, the, the funniest part yeah, too. Exactly. So. Uh, it's been ninety years, but there are two socialists 
that are in our state legislature now. In Wisconsin? Yeah, they're both from, from Milwaukee. They're both from Milwaukee, and they identify as Democratic Socialists. And they took the oath. They're both freshmen or first-year assembly members. And um, they there has not been a Socialist Caucus in the Wisconsin st- state legislature since the 1930s. But now there is, thanks to oh. Ryan Clancy and Darren Madison. And these are Assembly Democrats from Milwaukee. Um, Clancy is a Milwaukee County supervisor. And uh, that's that's pretty cool. And uh, let's see, who? what does Madison do here? I mean, I should have read the story ahead of time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, so it's... Uh, you know, it's it, it kind of it kind of waxed and waned. You know, of course, we all know that in the late uh, 19th century, to be a socialist was not a death sentence, and in fact, uh, we had a lot of uh, a lot of socialists in office uh, here. The highest number of socialist state off, uh, lawmakers uh, was between 1917 and 1935, and that's where there was actually even a caucus in the state legislature, which contained the members, of course, of the socialist groups. We had socialist mayors, of course, in Milwaukee. Uh, the city's third and final socialist made, uh, mayor, uh, Frank Ziedler, was as late as 1960. And uh, interestingly enough, he served uh, three terms. This shows you how dichotomous our state has always been. He served three terms that overlapped with the uh, the terms of uh, Senator Joe McCarthy. So we had uh, the biggest anti-communist <laughs> <laughs> senator, probably notably notable in, uh, for such in uh, U.S. history, and uh, a socialist mayor in, in Milwaukee. So... Um, one of the things, of course, about the socialists is that they—they're not communists, of course. They're not—they're uh, not associated with uh, with that part of the socialist movement. Uh, they have kind of a pragmat- pragmatic approach, and as did the uh, socialist mayors of Milwaukee back in the day, uh, sometimes called sewer socialists, because they were uh, very concerned to make sure that ordinary people got the ordinary things that all of us ordinarily want. Hmm. So, branding themselves as socialists hasn't always been easy. Madison Clancy were uh, quoted as saying, especially on the campaign trail. But uh, you know what? A lot of young people today, the, the word socialist has been so misused to describe anybody that's trying to create any kind of economic justice that I suspect that most young people just think, yeah, well, if that's what it is, I'm for it. You yeah, know? <laughs> but that, that's what I hear from Melvina and, and her friends. They're, yeah. they're, socialist is not a, a, a no. scary word. I mean, so no, it's, it's sort of just so, the opposite. It's used so loosely. And and there's no communists anymore to, to basically, you know, people are democratic socialists. You can't tar and feather them with that anymore. Yeah, so. yeah. But but they do hate hate the the liberals. I mean, they I mean, almost as much as they hate the Republicans. That's 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 a given from from like, you know, 1880 or something. <laughs> <laughs> you liberals. <laughs> <laughs> You're just biting around the fringe. <laughs> Talk about the real stuff. And I feel so old telling her, you know, you got to settle. You know, you gotta, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, the, yeah, it's as yeah. good as it gets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't aim too high. You know? <laughs> uh, that's That's been going on, I think, since maybe, I don't know, the third dynasty of Egypt. <laughs> you, know? you kids. <laughs> you, know? you and your, yeah. you your Ramses three. <laughs> yeah. Worshipping the sun. Back in the day, <laughs> we never worshipped the sun. It was always a bird. We always worshipped a bird. The kids got to go for something new all the time. You know, there was there was an original Star Trek. Those were some of those were so hokey. Like when they would, you know, have the 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 the, the 
um, Chicago gangster planet oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, things yeah. like that. But the, the Nazi planet, the gangster Nazi planet. Nazi planet, yeah. yeah. They, they, but they, they, they had one where they Space were, Irish. <laughs> <laughs> they had one where, I, I don't know if this was the, North, the Native American type one or not, oh, yeah, but, yep. but, uh, but there was one where they, they worshipped, the, these people worshipped the sun, okay. and the Star Trek, like the, the Enterprise crew, couldn't figure that out because they seemed like really... Sh- Sharp people, and they yeah. seem to have a you know pretty advanced yeah. civilization. Yeah. And they didn't know why they worshipped the sun. They thought that was they, they associated that with you know the disc um, prim- the sky, primitive, yeah. primitive, yeah, right? You know societies. And then they found out at the end that it wasn't S U N; it was S O N. Oh my! They worshipped the sun ah, of God. That was the Roman planet. The spa- <laughs> that was the space Roman. Was it? Yeah. So they also had space Jesus apparently appearing <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> Well, this was how, I mean, okay, we're going down dork corner here. <laughs> this was how Roddenberry. I can do anything I want this week, that, by that, the way. So, yeah, yeah, I, you, yeah, you can. Yeah, so. This is how Roddenberry sold the Star Trek concept to NBC. He said, we'll ha- I have this idea that all over the galaxy, all over the universe, there are planets that are exact duplicates. Like, I mean, basically, it was like a parallel worlds concept. Uh-huh. You know, so there's going to be a there is going to be a Nazi planet, a gangster <laughs> planet, and a ro- this was not a, this was not a bug. This was a feature because then they could use all the back lot all old, sets, old sets yeah. and and, and costumes, stuff yeah. like that. I mean, he sold it. It would have going to be cheap because he was going to be doing this. Mm-hmm. I remember there was. I remember. You remember the Tomorrow Show with Tom Snyder? It was oh, on, I sure on do. Mike at Midnight or something. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, and he would sit there and like smoke three packs of Lucky. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it was just all black. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's it a weird show, but <laughs> mostly an interview show. Yeah. And he had a couple of the people from Star Trek on. And I think it was after they were canceled and there were still sure. kind of calls for it, for them to bring it back. And, yeah. And there, it was kind of getting this this glow about how wonderful it was, yeah. you know. And and uh, and it was. I think they had like. Uh, Scotty on and and check off or somebody it wasn't like sure. the main guys but no. but but he also had the the writer Harlan Ellison on who, okay yeah. who had written one of the episodes right, yes. and uh, but and but uh, and and everybody else was like just gushing about how wonderful Star Trek was and oh it'd be great if they bring it back and he came on of course he had to like pee in the punch bowl because <laughs> he, just, he called it a wagon train in outer space. <laughs> <laughs> And he said it wasn't that good. It was just yeah. TV. <laughs> well, he, you know, the, he has he was credited with one uh, screenplay, right? But it was so significant. He he soured on him because it was so significantly altered. Mm. But the problem was, whenever you have a show like that, you have to have some continuity. And the show that he wrote, one of the characters, the Doctor, accidentally injects himself with something that makes him crazy. <clears throat> And in the original thing, he's a drug addict. <laughs> oh, okay. And they were like, okay, we can't have one of the main characters being a drug addict. Yeah, okay, yeah. so that's not, just, not 1967. That's, that's not going to happen. We can it's do like, that today. Oh, but, but it's so much more realistic that yeah. way. So, I mean, yeah, he was a little bit, he was willing to test the boundaries, but yeah. the fact that they pushed back on it should have not been a surprise to him. It's like, you know, okay, yeah. this is, they can't, they can't have drug addicts as main characters on TV shows. <laughs> that's, that's the way it is. He worked for not di- to the Mod Squad. He worked, he, <laughs> they were they were narcs. <laughs> they were narcs, but they had been drug addicts. They were the, the they were, the, they were cause the good guys, but they yeah, were the narcs. Yeah, that yeah. that was like the the networks being hip, you know. Uh, like, yeah, right. we'll get some like narcs. Then, so. <laughs> I can smell him a mile away. <laughs> Harlan Ellison worked. Yeah, I mean, he should know about the corporate thing. He should have known about the corporate thing. Yeah. He worked for Disney for for one day back then. Oh, the merciless fun machine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody overheard him doing it, <laughs> doing, doing his imitation of Donald Duck having an orgasm, <laughs> and then they fired him on the spot. <laughs> Just more of the Disney magic. <laughs> 
That's my favorite story from when I actually did go to Disney World. We went to one of these like crazy. Everything's old timey, you know. They sure, want to sure. they want to make you feel like there was a safe, wonderful time, you know. And of course, they pick. What do they pick? They picked like the <laughs> the depth of Jim Crow, right? It's like ooh, the nineteen, you know, nineteen oh five. Okay, do you know what's going on in nineteen oh five? No, um, but at any rate, so we're you know, so you can go to this like nineteen oh five, and everyone's dressed in these clothing from that yeah, period sure. and stuff and you can go get an ice cream cone which by the way the ice cream cone was invented in 1903 at the at st louis world's fair and uh so you go get a charles cone that's by moses cone <laughs> and so you go there and get that and what was so funny was i while they're serving us the the help the people that were giving you the ice cream cones they're all dressed in their period cute little period costumes but i hear them talking back there and they were just royally kvetching about one of their supervisors like how stupid she was and what a tyrant <laughs> and everything and so the one girl says to the other it's just more of the disney magic <laughs> <laughs> my whole trip was like oh. justified by that one moment. Oh, you know? <laughs> Pull the curtain back. <laughs> Please kill me. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, hey, you've only got a, a few hours left to enter the uh, the Madison Streets Division uh, contest to name the new snowplows. <laughs> name the new snowplow. You know, well, you know how they like to name the snowplows now with silly names and stuff. So, but uh, but they have four snowplows. They have a dual wing plow, a quad axle brine tanker. Wow, I don't a, even know what that means. And uh, well, and st- instead of putting salt on, they put like essentially pickle juice on the streets. Oh, to, oh, that's to melt, clever. Melt the ice. All it's, right, it's not yep. as bad. That's good. Uh, the trackless MT seven that removes snow on the southwest uh, bike path. Okay, and some other places. And then a front-end loader, which is useful for plowing snow in cul-de-sacs. Oh, yeah. So, but it, uh, but it ends today at 4 o'clock. So you got to go to the City, city of Madison website and, uh, and uh, enter your, your, your names. I think I've, got a, I've got a name for one, I think. Because oh, okay. it should be a Madison connection yeah, there. So yeah. I, I think we should call one uh, Clyde uh, Shovelfield. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking a Melon Flake connection. We'd have a uh, Winter Wombat. <laughs> the Winter Wombat is here. <laughs> it could like process the slow snow yeah. into little cubes. Little cubes, <laughs> yes, exactly. Little ice cubes. It's like an actual wombat. Yeah. <laughs> I like Clyde Shovelfield. <laughs> <laughs> I had to reject a few. I thought of just yeah, of I'm the, sure the FCC because the kitties might be listening. <laughs> yeah. uh, vaccination rates have dropped for for speaking of kitties, um, for measles, polio, and other diseases among uh, kindergartners last year. That's a trend. Public health officials warn puts kids at risk for vaccine preventable diseases. About 93% of uh, kindergartners uh, last year completed vaccines for measles, mumps, and rubella, diphtheria, tetanus, chickenpox, polio. The coverage dropped nearly a percentage from the year before and about 2% from the year before that, before the pandemic started. So They're hoping this is just a little bump because of the, you know, because of the pandemic, the people weren't going to the doctors yeah. much and things. Yeah. So they're, they're hoping it's not just the people got all this bad information and then they're taking it to heart so so you probably noticed the 118th congress has been formed finally and uh, and it uh, it does not look like america and i'm not just talking about the 
racial and ethnic composition. I'm talking about the religious composition. It turns out that 88 percent of members of Congress identify as Christians, which is compared to only 63 percent of the U.S. population. And this includes uh, 57 percent of congresspersons who identify as Protestant and uh, 28 percent that identify as Catholic, which are both higher than national rates. Uh, about 29% of Americans claim no religious affiliation at all, but they really, really have to dig to find anybody that uh, would also identify in that way. There's only two non-religious members of Congress who identify as such. One is a guy by the name of Jared Huffman, who's a Democrat from California, and he says he's a humanist. And the other one, and I'm not sure I'd claim her, Kirsten Cinema. She's independent of everything, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she says she's unaffiliated. Mm. Uh, according to the Pew people who did a little study of this, they said that 20 other members uh, of Congress have unknown religious affiliations. Abraham Lincoln would fit into that category if you're in Congress today. They never, nobody ever quite pinned him down. And, uh, Except when wrestling. And, of course, there's also the mystery of... What does George Santos think about this? <laughs> it's unclear what's going on with his background because, as we all know, he's Jew-ish. <laughs> but here's the scary part, and maybe this reflects what's going on. 60% of Americans said, uh, only 60% of Americans told a Gallup survey in a recent poll that they'd be willing to vote for an atheist. More people would be willing to vote for gays or lesbians or people who belong to some religious group or ethnic group other than they own, than their own than they would for an atheist. Hmm. Yeah, that's a tough tough sell. Yeah, apparently yeah. so. I guess they worried that if uh, you know if you uh, don't believe that somebody's going to kick your butt, you won't do the right thing. Yeah. But, but you know, I got to point out that during the Middle Ages in Europe, every single person believed in a god and didn't seem to change their behavior <laughs> one tiny bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, my feelings on this, and I'm, I'm sure this is something that, that you you types of people have thought of for, for centuries, but uh, so you got two people and they both live identical lives sure. and both live pretty good lives. They're pretty nice people and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and one of them is, is very religious and they're yeah. doing it because they think they, they should or that they're going to be punished in, right. the, in the afterlife. And the other person just thinks they should do it and they don't think there's an afterlife and they think when you die you die and, yeah. you know who's a better person I mean yeah. you know somebody's doing it because they, they think it's the right thing one's covering their butt well this is obviously I mean if you think of the, the Danish uh, philosopher writer Kierkegaard I mean he talked about the night of faith he said that basically you can't um, in a way maybe the reason why uh, religious belief is so unsubstantiated in the world is that people don't treat it as a pragmatic uh, this for that. They don't treat it as a quid pro quo. Yeah. There's always that element of not knowing, and that's the the, the leap of faith. Mm -hmm. Because uh, if you knew, it'd be uh, it'd be too easy to do things for the wrong reasons. Yeah. So that's the old thing about everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Yeah. You know? so. Well, I think heaven for the climate, but I, I <laughs> hell for the company. <laughs> just kind of like all the fun people are obviously there. It's like when I went to the was going to the cemeteries in Paris, and there's a cemetery, the Montparnasse Cemetery, which is for people who were not in the Catholic Church, mostly Jews. And you go there, and it's like, oh, this is where all the interesting people are. <laughs> you know? It's like, cool. <laughs> Baudelaire's right there. You know? <laughs> Dreyfus is there. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, go down the list. Jim you know? Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're listening to the Mel and Floyd Show here on WORT 89.9 on the FM. You might be listening on the internet at WTFM.org could be listening on in the future because we put this show and all of our shows up on the archives page and uh, 
Thanks to Mindless Minion D-Cubed. You could be listening uh, via podcast through Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you pod. Are we going to take a brief break, play some announcements, and come back with... The Red Scare, Chapter 2. Oh, and Robot Umpires. And we're back. So scientists have discovered that uh, going way, way back, 250,000 years, in fact, that uh, fathers were generally older than mothers. Hmm. It's known as the DiCaprio effect, I think. (laughs) (laughs) No, they found a new way to identify the average ages when men and women reproduce throughout evolutionary history. They they studied DNA mutations in modern humans, and uh, they found out that uh, about a quarter of a billion years ago, the average age for humans to have children was 26.9 years, so 27 years. Wow. And uh, the average Homo sapien father has always been older than the average Homo sapien mother. Yep. The men becoming parents at about 30.7 years versus 23.2 for women. So it is below the DiCaprio line there. Yeah. 23. Um, The ages dwindled in the last uh, 5,000 years. uh, But uh, but it's interesting. It goes, goes so far back. Yeah. That not that I guess that indicates it's non-culture specific in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you got two hundred fifty thousand years is a pretty good yeah. sample size. On <laughs> <You laughs> sort of a related note, birth rates are falling in the U.S. after the the highs of the baby boom. Of course, that uh, the, the they've kept falling. And in, in two thousand seven, average birth rates were right around two children per woman. But, but a couple of years ago, they dropped. More than 20%, close to the lowest level in a century. I have a story that may uh, provide some insight on that. It turns out that three-quarters of teenagers have viewed pornography online by age 17, and the average age of first exposure is 12. Oh my. This is according to a nonprofit child advocacy group called uh, Common Sense Media that was looking into this issue. Teenagers are seeing the photos and videos on their smartphones, on their school devices, and across social media. The report underlined how ubiquitous, I love that word, pornography has become. 41% of teenagers saying they've seen images of nudity or sexual acts online, and here's the fun part, during the school day. (laughs) It's not like they're sneaking off to their rooms or something like that. It's like, oh, you know, okay, so uh, you need to look at chapter four, get out your device, and the next thing they're thinking of, hmm, I'll either buy shoes or <laughs> maybe I'll just check out this site. Um, it's a very lucrative industry, you oh, may sure. know, and it's uh, getting a firm foothold in everyone's little minds. So this is uh, there's little data on the size of the online pornography industry, but uh, but one uh, one estimate from Alec Helmy, as uh, the founder of a trade publication XBIZ, which surveys payment processors. Puts the revenues for adult influencers and platforms at about $15 billion last year. And uh, the same individual, again, you know, this is the person who's processing the payments that people are making. Not not one people that are just accidentally seeing it, which is obviously going to make the number even bigger, but people are actually paying to see things. He estimates uh, estimated revenues from Internet pornography in 2012 as about $5 billion. So we're talking about how much money they're making out of all these transactions. And... Um, this report was based on a survey uh, just last year of uh, 1,358 uh, American 
students between the ages of 13 and 17. And, of course, the sad part of it is that uh, most of those who have viewed pornography have viewed violent acts, Mm. such as rape, choking. Uh, And a majority said that pornography portrayed stereotypes of non-white folks, black, Latino, and Asians. Uh, More than half said they felt guilty or ashamed after watching pornography. For some reason, I came across a a story about the the, uh, Pornhub statistics relating to the Dutch. The Dutch. I know you like the Netherlands. I like the Dutch. They they get up every morning and vacuum the entire country. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's not all they do. (laughs) That's not all they do. Okay, all right. I'm not sure I want to hear the next part. (laughs) This is from Pornhub. Uh, Dutch users spent an average of 10 minutes and 14 seconds on the site per visit. (laughs) All right. Well, they're efficient. Very efficient. (laughs) (laughs) That that tracks, I have to say. It's very brand brand specific. (laughs) The number one search in the Netherlands continued to be MILF. Yeah, okay. Well, lesbian, Turkish, and Big Butt all saw significant gains, moving them into the top five searches. Big Butt has had gains, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It actually doesn't say butt, but I cleaned it up a little bit. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. (laughs) The search term Dutch fell two spots to number five. Nobody wants Dutch Big Butt, apparently. Yeah. All right. So you probably heard that uh, one of the first things that they did when the Republicans took over the House of Representatives was to form a committee. And I have to say, I was a little annoyed by this. It's called the Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government. I thought they were in favor of weaponizing things. But the thing that bugs me is they're, they, they're referring to it in, informally as being like the famous church committee. I don't know if you remember the Frank Church Committee, mm-hmm. a dem- famous senator, Democrat from Idaho, who found out all the stuff that the CIA, the FBI, and the NSA were doing, mostly against uh, civil rights activists and anti-war protesters back in the 1960s. They dare, they dare to compare what they're doing right now to that, which is absolutely ridiculous. But uh, but that's what they're saying. Uh, on, on the other hand, people who are not in in the, in the tank and not not drink drank the Kool Aid uh, that we're all having to worry about the, the 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 deep state and all the rest are saying that this committee is less church and more McCarthy. It seems as if they're trying to root out, basically, people from these various entities that they perceive to be too left-wing. Now, what's interesting about that is that was, of course, how McCarthy screwed up, is he went after, and I know it's hard for people to believe today, he went after the Army, he went after the U.S. Army at the end of his long, you know, uh, witch hunt. And, uh, and that was something that you didn't want to go after. He was claiming that there were people in the Army who were, uh, you know, commie sympathizers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, for one thing, uh, Eisenhower would have none of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so this well, idea of People had investi- a much, much higher um, opinion of the of the military back right, then. Right, too, right, so. yeah, mm-hmm. right. So, uh, so, you know, looking for traitors and infiltrators and, and all the rest, this sounds very much like uh, the typical approach. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I never Is get that over. What they're doing—they're looking for. Yeah, that's what they're—they're—they're yeah. they're looking for. This, uh, you know, the people who are oh. here. Here are the here's the people of the party of law and order, and they're basically trying to destroy law and order. I mean, yeah. they're they, they. Of course, that's been a false claim ever right. since they started saying it. Right. You know, it's, yeah. they're, it's all about power. Mm-hmm. It's all about the order and nothing about the law. Wow. <laughs> You know what else they did? This is a, a, a relatively little thing, but it's just it's just so indicative that uh, <laughs> they legalized uh, an indoor smoking area in the Capitol. 
They they set off a little area. It, I mean, because you couldn't smoke in the Capitol before, like a lot of buildings, like yeah. most buildings yeah. nowadays, most you know office buildings and government buildings yeah. are non-smoking. And uh, they they decided, well, screw that. You can't tell me what to do. So they they made a an indoor smoking area. Oh. So. I think that to help mm-hmm. out their fans, they should make an indoor pooping area <laughs> as well. They can just smear it on the wall. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> to their heart's content. Uh, Egyptian authorities have arrested three people for trying to steal a centuries-old 10-ton statue of Ramses II. <laughs> they were trying to steal a 10-ton. <laughs> <laughs> Smuggling in their, in their pants, too. Which yeah, was really wow. The <laughs> 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 they were caught in a quarry. Uh, with a manual digging equipment and a crane. They're suspected of uh, planning to lift the statue out of the ground and uh, excavate antiquities in the area, the prosecutors said. Wow. I mean, that's, I mean, you know, I, I don't endorse them, you know, stealing antiquities, but you got to give them credit for trying <laughs> to steal a 10 ton statue. Got a lot of chutzpah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really? What are they going to do? Put like an overcoat over it and (laughs) get it through customs? It's our buddy Ramsey's here. (laughs) (laughs) He needs to go on a diet. (laughs) Anything to declare? (laughs) (laughs) So the the minor leagues this year, the AAA minor leagues in baseball, they're going to use robot umpires. They're going to use an electronic strike zone. In all 30 class triple... Unplug the umpire! (laughs) (laughs) Instead of kicking dirt on him, they'll dump water on him or dump dump Mountain Dew on him or something. (laughs) 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 Yeah, it's called the Automatic Balls and Strikes System. It's going to be deployed in the... the Deployed? Deployed. (laughs) I I like this. It says, each team will be allowed three challenges per game. You can challenge the robot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good luck with that. (laughs) (laughs) It'll zap you with a death ray or something. (laughs) Robo-ump. Laser eyes or something. (laughs) Wow. Whenever I hear robot stuff, my my brain always goes to Futurama now. Sure. Robot. (laughs) Robot. I see, like you know, like I like the the one they have. It's kind of like um, <laughs> it's kind of like Nero. It's like this big, yes. big, big disgusting hedonism bot. Hedonism <laughs> bot. What is the use of that? <laughs> I can always picture him doing these. I mean, things. robot robotia means work, right? But hedonism bot does not do work. <laughs> so there seems to be a problem with the concept. <laughs> And he can't eat, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, can't eat grapes or anything. So. Another grape slave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he encourages the other robots to work. I don't know. Maybe that's his through his constant hectoring or something. <laughs> hey, the eighth warmest years on record have now occurred, and all since 2014, according to scientists from Europe, the European Union's Copernicus Climate Change Survey. 2016 remains the hottest year ever since people have started recording. NASA and the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration also, in addition to these folks from from Europe, also issued analyses of global temperatures on Thursday of this week, and their findings were very similar to the Copernicus climate change people. Uh, They said that uh, 2022 actually tied with 2015 as the fifth warmest. And uh, NOAA, that was according to NASA, and NOAA said they thought it was the sixth. So it's, it's all in the same... Same ballpark, you'd have to get a robot umpire to separate. <laughs> robot. Robot. A robot. 
Uh, overall, the world is now 1.2 degrees Celsius, or 2.1 degrees Fahrenheit, hotter hmm. than it was back in the late 19th century. Wow. And uh, according to Carlo Buentempo, who's the director of the Copernicus Service there in good old Europe, the underlying warming trends since the pre-industrial age made 2022's ranking of the top five neither surprising nor unexpected. And here's the thing. Um, apparently, it was known what was going to happen before then, because also just incidentally this week, a story came out in the uh, journal Science, investigative story on uh, some of the work that Exxon scientists were doing back in the 1970s on the question of whether we would have a hotter planet in the future from the burning of fossil fuel. And their modeling was pretty right on and, of course, immediately got buried. Uh, global warming projections uh, were looking pretty much where they are. But the the chief executive of the newly merged company called ExxonMobil, we're all familiar with that now, but that's a, that was a first formed back in the, in the late 70s, uh, he said, uh, we do not have sufficient scientific understanding of climate change to make reasonable predictions and or justify drastic measures. Uh, but uh, they weren't smart enough to apparently get rid of all the evidence when they said that. So, <laughs> turns well, out they had, it, they had it all along. You know, talking about having seen this movie before, I mean, we, we <laughs> saw that with, uh, with lead and gasoline. Yep. We saw it with sugar. We saw it with um, cigarettes. cigarettes. Yep. I yep. mean... Um, it's just everything. I mean, they they know, and they just and uh, sure the, the the profits just get in the way of all that that un, you know unfortunate information. It's ha- it's hard to get your head above that torrent of cash. Yeah, you, know? <laughs> <laughs> like, you just weren't buying me yeah. with all this money. Well, my paycheck depends on me understanding this. Yes, right. It's it's a it's a it's a very odd thing. I I used to work in the state government office that um, regulated nuclear power plants. In okay. and around Wisconsin, we had some authority in Illinois and Minnesota and Iowa, where they had they had plants at the time, mm-hmm. and uh, and and it was hard to get information that was outside the bubble. I mean, mm-hmm. because you know we had we had some scientists on staff, and then we worked with the NRC and the EPA, and then and the the, the utility companies, and they all had their experts too. And but it was all kind of like groupthink, you know. I mean, if, oh. if you brought anything outside. That was any different. It would. It was. It wasn't even like they would like ignore it. It just wasn't. It would be like you weren't even speaking English. You know, mm. it was, it was like cough and chortle. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not even. I mean, it was like it'd be like like they wouldn't even hear it. You know. Yeah. And oh wow. Because I. I mean, I. It just. Because I remember you. I bring in some stuff, and another guy I worked with would bring in some information once in a while. You know, they yeah. were like clusters of cancers around nuclear power plants and things like that, and they would just look at it and go, huh, and. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> Not to mention, it was very cozy with the NRC and the and the yeah. utilities. I mean, the 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 regional guy who was supposedly the big regulator of the of the nuclear plants up here from, yeah. from the NRC, the um, Con Edison threw him a birthday party when his when it was his birthday. And it was very you know it's like. No, you shouldn't be getting, <laughs> having a birth. I mean, not that you can buy him with a birthday party, yeah, but it, yeah. it just showed that they saw him as a friend, you know, yeah. and, or, or somebody they could use. But I mean, the yeah. nice relations commission. It was, yeah, it was. It was like oh, it was just it's, it was just too cozy. You know? like, no, they should dislike you. <laughs> wow, I don't know. So, well, here's a positive story. Apparently, the uh, 
They're predicting that the ozone layer, remember there was, yeah. a, for a while there was a, even a hole in the ozone sure. layer back in the sure. day. Sure, And uh, there was a... Uh, it was because of the Aquanet. I, that was it. It was all about the Aquanet that my mother was using. I, I think my <laughs> my mother was the single biggest cause of the hole in the ozone layer. You'd open up her, her bureau drawer and there'd be like 57 cans in there, you know. <laughs> And that was for like one week. (laughs) You could fire a bullet at her hair at close range and it would deflect. It was amazing. But uh, she was always afraid there was going to be like a bird or an insect would get in there and never be able to get out. Yeah, sure. Those beehives. I mean, they're calling that for a reason, right? (laughs) (laughs) But uh, no, chlorofluorocarbons uh, were banned under uh, something called the Montreal Protocol, which was uh, agreed upon in uh, 1989. And since then... Uh, it's been going down uh, the, the the level of dissipation of the of the ozone layer, and uh, it's but it's it's apparently it's it's getting better, and part of the reason why is that China has uh, agreed to largely eliminate uh, a, a chemical called CFC11, which is widely used apparently in that country as a refrigerant and uh, and uh, basically provide more strength of foam insulation. So it it too is a is a chlorofluorocarbon. And uh, and how it uh, how that works is uh, you know it goes up there dissipates that and of course the ozone is what blocks ultraviolet radiation uh, from you know striking the earth it it sort of weeds it out and uh, so if you really want to like have us look like Venus really quick <laughs> you probably don't want to <laughs> stop that but uh, but the according to uh, uh, David Fahey he's the director of the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration's Chemical Sciences Laboratory. He said the recovery of the ozone layer is now on track. The peak destruction of the global ozone layer is behind us due to the effectiveness of the control measures of the Montreal Protocol that have been adopted now by all nations. So the Chinese emissions had been kind of an outlier, but uh, they've, they've agreed to sign on. So that's good. You know, some, sometimes you feel like like things are just inevitably going to completely collapse and go to hell but you think back i mean you can we can do things i mean if, yeah. if we're smart and there we really was together, a hole in the ozone there was a hole in the ozone yeah. and and we you know we're able to fix it without a lot of you know yeah. problems a lot of trouble a lot of you know disruption in anybody's life yeah. i mean you know the river in cleveland caught fire a couple times <laughs> and, <laughs> and we said hey that's not a good thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> and made some changes, and now it doesn't catch fire. I anymore. took a tour on that river. Did you? Oh, I did. The Good Times Two was the name of the little tour boat. <laughs> it's great, and it go along the Cuyahoga River, and they would point to all the different bridges. Like they were constantly, t- you know, there's Terminal Tower, there's the, you know, the 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 biggest cantilever bridge named after a you know, Civil War general or something, you know, crazy crap like this, just so you wouldn't look down. <laughs> 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 they don't want you looking at the actual water, right? <laughs> but yeah, no, the, and and Lake Erie, Lake Erie's uh, amazing story along that line too. Lake Erie was was terrible. Lake Erie was just a, a a polluted mess back in the before the Clean Air Act or Clean Water Act was passed, and the EPA got up and running and all mm-hmm. the rest. I mean, that was. Those were the things. I mean, people don't remember that that it was it was pretty bad back in the day with all those kinds of pollutants. Yeah. I mean, goodness sakes, Carol Carol Burnett used to talk about pollution on her variety show. Did she really? Like, yes. That was like everybody had. It was back in the day. Everybody have a, had to have a cause, right? Yeah. And hers was yeah. like, let's whoop pollution or whatever. Yeah. You know? And then she'd make a strange face, you know, <laughs> <laughs> tug her ear, <laughs> stick out her tongue or something, you know. Oh, a new study shows that men. Will drink alcohol faster if they're in pain. Oh yeah, and uh, but not so much women. It it, it was mostly um, related to men. They did they did a little 
a little study where they put uh, had kind of a fake bar and they and they turned up the heat and when people were were, <laughs> were hot and uncomfortable who was doing this work <laughs> some German scientist I, think, I don't know <laughs> does the name Mengele ring a bell <laughs> <laughs> now you can shock them but they found that the, the men would drink not they would drink faster they wouldn't drink like bigger gulps, but they would drink. Oh, I'm a quaffer. They would, yeah, yeah. They would drink yeah. drink faster sips. I think I'm worried someone else is going to take it away from me. <laughs> <laughs> You're like a little squirrel. I am. Drink. I just <laughs> <laughs> I eat fast too. <laughs> Candy. <Yeah. laughs> uh, anyway, they they concluded there's substantial evidence that pain contributes to hazardous alcohol use for many people. So don't drink when you're in pain. So. That's one thing that bugs me. I mean, when I'm, I'm like movies and TV shows. It's it's just a it's just a given that if somebody's like had a stressful experience, you know, sure. the, the monster chased them or something, yes. and then they 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 get into safety. You know, they immediately take a drink or somebody gives yeah. them a drink, right. and it's like that's that just is a really bad. I think it's a bad message for you know. Yeah. Not that I you know. I'm a teetotaler or anything, yeah, but right. uh, but it just it just always bugs me. It's like that's the automatic thing. It's yeah. like here you'll feel better. Have a drink. They're and just trying to slow you down so the monster will get you. Time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to be faster than a monster. I have to be faster than you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Madison has a proposal to become a dark sky community. This, I right. actually got this from the WRT News here. Oh. So the Common Council is considering steps to cut down on light pollution. We would be the biggest dark sky city around. That would be so. glorious. Yeah, it would be nice. I would love that. And by the way, I think it might attract a few... Um, a few UFOs. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I just trying to make some lame, lame segue there. No, I, there's a new report that that uh, was released by the Office of Director of National Intelligence. Uh, you remember that report, and it examined 366 incidents. And uh, some people have been going through the report to try to find out what are some of the explanations behind these alleged UFO uh, reports. And what they found was interesting. They, um, lots of these incidents, of course, could be readily explained away, sure, especially sure. now that we have drones in the sky and, and oh, you know, yeah. they're very flexible in terms of their ability to perform various kinds of acrobatics, you know, airy acrobatics. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they did find that of these, uh, these 366, 26 were, were drones, um, 163 were balloons, and uh, some other stuff was just sort of clutter, like birds and things like that, you know. <laughs> but uh, but apparently uh, in this report that was done by the, the Director of National Intelligence, 171 incidents have not been attributed to anything. They've not been explained, especially the ones that had unusual flight characteristics. So we still have about 170 of these cases where uh, no one's really terribly sure hmm. what was going on. Um. This report, by the way, makes no mention of extraterrestrials yeah. or aliens or anything. Which, you know, that's my whole thing about this. It's like, really? I don't. I just don't. I think we live in this tragic universe where if there's other intelligent life, we'll never know. Yeah. Because yeah. everything's too far apart from everything else. Yeah. I mean, aliens now are essentially just, it's it's a way for people to say magic. You know? Yeah. Like they used to say, oh, it's, it's an angel or something. Yeah. You know, now we just say it's an alien. Yeah. So. You notice since... Uh, since uh, the advent of everybody having phones in, in, in their pocket yes. and, and uh, that we don't see 
uh, like really nice pictures of Bigfoot or nice no. video of, of, <laughs> of uh, the Loch Ness monster. Amazing, yeah, that's just dropped right <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, now we just get to see policemen strangling. Yeah, people. yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so I don't know about you, but I, I'm really fed up. I was fed up before it even started this whole Me Prince too. Harry BS. Oh, oh uh, yeah. Like, oh, oh yeah. my lord. Yeah. So I, there were some letters to the editor. I don't know what you were going to say, but I was fed up. Yeah, you were fed it, up so. too. There were some letters to the editor to the New York Times. You know, because I, I guess the people who are flogging his book, including you know him and his wife, are are kind of like you know everybody loves the royals. Well, not so much. Um, I don't know why. There was one letter from a person named Jay Markowitz talking about the, uh, the the Sussexes. I don't know why entitled narcissists whose claim to fame is being famous seems so appealing, but I suspect it's for the same reason the Kardashians are millionaires yeah. and Donald Trump became president. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, when you start lumping in uh, Prince Harry with Donald Trump, you're, you're, you're in bad shape. So, mm. I mean, you know, the royal family in and of itself is a, is a complete anomaly, and who cares? But to have somebody then complaining about it, you know, <laughs> like, okay, you're a multimillionaire, right, just by birth, yeah. and, you know, and, yeah. and now you're not happy with that, so you're going to use the fact... I hate that thing, the royal family, and let me tell you everything about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got about a minute left. I do want I do want to mention a sad note. I had to, to put my dog Peach down yeah. this week. She was almost sixteen years old and had just a lot of ended up with a lot of health problems. Sure. But, but she was sweet. Well, she wasn't sweet. She was feisty, and and I, and I loved her very much. And yeah. there was I've had her since she was a puppy, and and, and it hurts a lot. But uh, but it. It was the right thing to do, it, it, but it takes a while for your your head to catch up with your heart and things like this. But uh, but but she was good. She was feisty toward the end. She 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 fought the the vet assistant who tried to put the <laughs> put the catheter of in her leg. She did. Yeah, <laughs> and Melvina and I we were kind of laughing because they took her in back and it took. A, they said, "Well, this will just take a minute." And then it, it took a long time. And then uh, and the, they came out and they they said, "We're sorry. It's taking us taking us. We're having a little trouble." And we laughed because you're ha- you're having a lot of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, so we, we miss her, and we'll we'll uh, we'll carry on with with Clopsy and uh, and uh, Kimchi. So all right. Anyway, we got to get out of here. Time to declare the weekend. Stick around, listen to the the kiosk, and then uh, who cooks for you with the real Jaguar? And I've got a note here that says Bowie special something else this Friday. I think it was just uh, Bowie's birthday, so um, I think uh, that would be worth checking out. So it's two o'clock. You're listening to WRT eighty nine point nine FM. Madison. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.